0: god is great and he's greatly to be praised how many are glad to be here one more sunday that you get to worship god and give him praise (laughs) david said this he said oh magnify the lord with me let us exalt his name together can you help us this morning as we get ready to exalt
1: the name of the lord
0: just give him some praise. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he saved me. Is there anybody that's glad that you're saved this morning? Hallelujah just where you are can you lift your hands and give God some praise right now and begin to cry out to him today it's a wondrous day at the end of the service we're going to be baptizing three people and at the end of the day we will baptize five more and in two weeks we'll baptize three more you know what that means that the church of God is alive and well and that people are being saved people are being delivered people are being set free people are being baptized and God we give you the glory we give you the praise and we give you honor and the name of jesus we pray amen somebody give god a hand clap of praise today hallelujah hallelujah it's an exciting day david said i was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the Lord. For those of you who are age, uh, if you're not old enough to vote, I'll put it that way. We do have children's church downstairs for every child. Uh we have some dynamic children's teachers, so we're looking forward to what they'll be taught and what they're gonna do. Um Miss Terry, uh, if you could probably uh because some of the youth have to get baptized, um well, uh, about the time, I think Mr. Mark come down there. Somebody may come back. If you'll come back a little earlier for the baptism today, guys, it's exciting. We're going to be doing a baptism today. Aren't you excited about yes. that? Yeah. 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 Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that means I love to be in a place where two things are happening, where babies are being made and baptisms are happening. That means that you have an church. You have a growing church. And and, uh, all those things, we have little kids that we're able to minister to. Thank God for all of you who bring your kids for us to be able to minister to them uh, uh, Sunday in and Sunday out. And I challenge you to make sure that you're engaged with your children. Make sure that you're asking them questions. What did you learn? How did you learn it? Uh, if If you haven't noticed, we even do Bible study. They're a week behind us. And the reason we're a week behind is so parents, if you don't know what it is, you don't have to pretend you'll know the week before and when they get to tell you what they did this week you'll be like oh yeah i understand that i know that because no parent wants to look at that child and say i have no idea what you're talking about so we have something for everybody uh and we're going to be doing some great things we got a new bible study uh series coming up in a few weeks how many are excited about that Amen. And a new sermon series uh, coming up as well. Uh, those of you, I've, I've heard from many of you, you're already ordering your books for a Bible study. We're doing the book of Hebrews. We're jumping from Genesis over into Hebrews, talking about the supremacy of Christ. we got some good teaching and teachers lined up and things. Uh, God is moving, and I'm just so grateful that God is moving. That It was a busy day. It's going to be a busy month for us, and I am ready to get into the Word of God. Are you guys ready? <laughs> All right. Somebody gave me a woohoo. That was good. Also, we have our online family. Can you guys let them know how much we love them and how much we're grateful for them being with us? They worship with us. They talk with us. I get messages from people and and emails, hey, even from the Bible study. Some of the people um, that don't even live in this state have Bible study material already for the weeks coming up. Um, They are a part of our family, and we want to let them know that we love them. Uh, You can stand for the reading of God's word. Amen. Starting in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12, we're in the series of how to be happy, how to be happy, how to be happy we can uh be happy how the world wants us to be happy but that doesn't always pan out uh that doesn't always end up the way that we want it to because that happiness is fleeting brother dave if you don't mind would you bring me a water uh i'm i'm being careful with my voice i can i can sense we've we've had a time this morning and you can always tell when your voice is going on uh so we're grateful for that matthew chapter 5 verses 10 through 12 thank you so much brother i you know what I want to take the time to give wherever you're serving, whatever you're doing, whether it's in front of the scenes or behind the scenes, there's a lot of stuff that happens during the week to make church happen. Uh, a lot of people, we culminate on, on Sunday morning and think it's just an hour or so. There's a lot of stuff going behind the scenes. There's somebody, even in baptism, that have to pour the water, Brother Dave, and heat the water. There's people that have to do the baptismal certificates. There's people who have to make sure spell correctly get people organized schedule people make sure that we have enough tiles make sure that we have this make sure that lights stay turned on brother dave and all those things and everything's done so whatever you're doing i want to let you know even if it's just prayer if you you're in your golden years and you say i don't i don't have as much physical gift to give but i got prayer it takes all of us it, everybody said it, it takes teamwork to make the dream work so i want you to give yourselves a hand today for all the things that you are doing And the fabulous thing we have, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12, I'm trying a new mic today, so I asked the media team to go out and check the stream to make sure that it's coming through all all right, and if not, they'll let me know. You you guys ready for the word? All right, let's start reading. What does it say? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. For those scriptures, other related scriptures and aid of the Holy Spirit. We want to talk to you from this subject all the way. Look at somebody and say, I'm willing to go all the way. I'm willing to go all the way. You may be seated in the presence of God. I grew up in Mississippi and I, I grew up at a church. It was called Harvard Chapel Missionary Baptist Church is where I came up. Uh, until I got to my teenage years and I came, uh, came to our fellowship to this church. And as I grew up, they used to have a bunch of hymns and a bunch of songs. And those songs were very indicative of life. You can learn a lot by life just by listening to those songs. And there was a song uh, that they used to sing all the time to a a minor intonation, and the words were this, Use me, Lord, in thy service. Draw me nearer every day. I'm willing to run all the way. If I stumble while I'm trying, don't be angry. Let me stay. For I am willing to run all the way. There was another colloquialism that they would always use when I up and they say, Lord, I'm trying and I'm running, trying to make a hundred. Some of you may have heard this 99 and a half won't do. (laughs) I know that might not be the best English in the world. I know that might not be the best subject verb uh, conjugation, but the thought process is that when we put our hand to the plow to follow Jesus, that means that we're in it for the long haul. When you decide to follow Christ, it is not just a decision to change your life for the better so everything happens positive, but it is a marriage. You are marrying. You are the bride of Christ. And many of us, we realize our marriage vows. Most times we love to jump about the thoughts of weddings and marriage and all those things and all the good things. And many people will spend hours and months planning for a wedding, but they don't spend any time preparing for the marriage, doing proper counseling. And then the marriage doesn't last long, but there's some something important that you have to learn when you're about to get into a marriage. You have to count up the cost because when you take your marriage vows, married couples, help me preach this. The preacher stands before you and he says for better, but he also says what? For worse. <laughs> he says not just in health, but in what? Sickness and in health so sickness and in health as long as you both shall live in other words that you are in it for good and bad and when people were asking well what reasons can i leave i'll say what's worse than worse now we know there may be some situations and we're not talking about that today where those things may be necessary but i want you to get in your mind that when you sign up for the plow for christ it is forever and what you're saying at God I am not just wanting to take the good but I'm willing to take the good and the bad because most times when we present Christ, we try to present him like used car salesmen. Oh, if you're in the bad parts of your life, I know somebody who can help your life and your life will be the best that it's ever been if you'll just give God your hand. And when people have false expectations and false thoughts, what they do is they think about all the good reasons that they should follow Christ and they sign up for all the things that are good, but they forget to think about all the things that are bad. That sometimes when you're following Christ, it won't always be good. When you're following Christ, not everybody will be in your corner. When you're following Christ, sometimes you will lose friends and gain enemies. Jesus is suggesting that following him is going to be costing you something, but in the end, it is worth the reward. Jesus is essentially summing up the results of the kingdom principles that we've been covering across this week. And what he's saying is, if you follow these principles, you're a part of my kingdom and that's all fine and good. But just know that if you sign up for this, that there are some other things that come with it there's not just joy but sometimes there's pain there's not just smiling but sometimes there's tears and you've got to be committed to Christ not through just the good but you've got to be committed through him to the bad because anybody can be committed when the sun is shining and everything is going your way but when things are not going your way can you say to Oh, God, in spite of it all, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. I know from personal life experience that it's one thing to praise God when God things are going good, but there is something just more intimate when you have everything going wrong in your life and you can just put yourself to the side for a second and say, God, I want to praise you and I want to worship you because I want you to know in this sweet, intimate space that even though I'm going through what I'm going through, I still trust you. I still love you. I will still follow you. You may have lost a loved one, you may have lost friends, you may have lost a job, you may have lost everything. But there is nothing sweeter than knowing I'm going to trust God through it all. (laughs) He is letting us know this morning that there are great benefits to living by his kingdom principles. However, there are things that come along with that package. Jesus is letting us know that if we do things his way, hostility and ill treatment are not maybe But they are definite. (laughs) In other words, that if you're going to follow Christ, persecution may come. Now we don't think of persecution much in the in the modern day world or or in our part of the world. Why? Because we don't really realize what persecution is. And we haven't received persecution like some are doing now. Some right now are worshiping God at the thought of somebody coming into the door to kill all of them because they have a different religion that they follow Christ. There are many people who are persecuted and lose their lives and lose their heads for the sake of Christ and they do not turn their back on. Christ and some may say well I'm not facing that type of persecution but there are other things that persecution can be most times when we think of persecution we view it from a political standpoint we visualize regimes oppressing other people or religions that are in power oppressing or harshly treating other people but persecution can be more subtle than that See, persecution can be familial. What does that mean? What does that word mean, pastor? Let's do connotation. Let's figure out. We see familial, which means that persecution can come from your own family. (laughs) Do you not realize that some of your family will turn their backs on you when you follow Jesus? They're all ready to be with you when when they want to do what they want to do. But when you ask them do they want to come to church, they turn their backs. And... They may not say it out loud, but what they are really saying sometimes is what you believe in, you're wasting your time. I'm not interested in it. And if we're not careful, we will allow the negative peer pressure of our families to make us capitulate and not follow Christ because we want to fit in. Everybody wants to fit in. Everybody wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to feel affirmed. That is a natural human emotion. And when people withdraw from us, it creates negative emotion. And we do not like negative emotion. So some of us will go along Just to get along. You know you wanted to be in church this Sunday. (laughs) But they didn't want to be in church. My old spiritual father. He's still my spiritual father. He would often use this example. He would say oftentimes, I would see a young lady in church. But all of a sudden a fellow would show up to church that wasn't interested in church at all. (laughs) And he wasn't interested in church. But he was interested in her. (laughs) And he stayed in church until he got her. And once he got her, she started being with him and she was in love. And all of a sudden she said, are you going to church? He said, I'm not going this Sunday. Then the next thing you know, he said, I'm not going that Sunday. And every time you see her, you don't see him. And before long, you don't see either one of them because I've come to tell you most times you're not going to pull people up. They are going to pull you. Thank you for helping me preach today. But I can change him. Only God can change him. If he wants to change himself, You don't have the power to change anybody. So young ladies if you're listening to me online. If he's not following Christ. Drop him right now like a hot potato. I don't care what kind of potential he has. If he's not following God. You can't follow him. How can he lead you? And he doesn't know where he's going. It's, that's it. Help me preach. Victor's the blind leading the blind. If you don't know Christ, it doesn't matter. If you can put bacon, fi- bring home the bacon, fry it up in the pan. I'm thankful for some good godly men. But at the end of the day, your manhood doesn't just stop at how much money you make and how much you can provide. And you know how I know if you're a man, if you can pray with your family. If you can sit on the bedside with your kids and tell them about Jesus. That's what makes a real godly man. I don't care how much you can smoke or how much beer you can drink or how burly you can look. That just means you have testosterone. But manhood is accountability and responsibility. And when you take on the mantle of a family, you are responsible to raise your family in the fear of the Lord. Real men send their families to church. They bring their families to church. And it is time for the people of God to stand up. I'm so thankful for the men we have. If you haven't made it there, don't stand under condemnation, but I will tell you the truth. It's time for you to come up to where God wants you to be. You can't stay there forever. The Bible says, how long halt you between two opinions? At some point in time, you got to make a decision. Either I'm going to follow Christ all the way, or I'm not going to follow him at all. That's it. Victor go help me to preach. You keep on. You coming to the stage today, brother. Victor's ready. You can't serve two, two masters. Thank you, Victor. He's helping me preach today. I appreciate that, brother. It's familial. A lot of times we have, especially here, it's more prevalent when I moved here than it is where I came from, because in the south, it's the Bible Belt. Everybody goes to church, even if the church isn't in them. They still show up at church, which is still a bad thing, because sometimes everybody's in there, and you don't know who's saved, so you need to evangelize everybody that's in the church. But here, We have a different culture. We have cultures of people who have grown up and been my age and never donned the doors of a church. And I'm not telling you to beat them upside the head. I'm not telling you to, to run up to them and tell them about their faith. What I'm telling you is live such a life that they know that Christ is my first priority. That's okay. You go ahead to the party. I'm going to church. You can miss one Sunday. Well, you can miss one party. Why don't you come with me with church? These are my priorities. Why do you want me to respect your priorities, but you won't respect my priorities? At some point in time, you got to realize that if there is no give in the relationship, there has to be a gone in the relationship. Because Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, he that follows me that hateth not another And brothers cannot follow me. He's not saying literally hate. What he is saying is if you don't love them less, if you love them so much that they make you stop following me, you can't be my disciple. But if you're going to do that, just know that persecution will come your way, and sometimes you may be disinvited to events. You may find out about an event on Facebook after it's already happened because they don't want the holy rollers around. They don't want the, the Christian people around. They don't want you around because they don't agree with your faith. But I'll ask you a question. On the end of the at the end of the day, relationships are important. Make peace with all men whenever possible. But at the end of the day, you are not going to be standing in front of your cousin or your brother or your sister or your mother. You're going to be standing in front of God Almighty and you got to give an account of how you lived while you were in this body. Too often we seek the approval of people over the approval the approval of God not only can we see have familial persecution but we can have social persecution sometimes people want to block you or unfriend you and that's okay I block some people too blocking you sometimes is blessing me if you're just gonna be obnoxious sometimes that's the best button in the world I have a lock on my door you know why because certain people I don't want to come in my house and I'm just gonna be on but you're supposed to be hospitable I am when you hospitable but when you become honoring I go click and the same way works on Facebook that if you're obnoxious and you're there I just hit that button that says unfollow or block and I don't mind one bit you can't see me I can't see you I'm not bothering you you're not bothering me we go our ways if you can't get in my physical house you're not going to get in my mental house block and delete I didn't come up with this but somebody said blocking you is blessing me (laughs) That's from a local Christian comedian, but that's the truth. Sometimes blocking you is blessing me that if you cannot respect my space and you're always going to be antagonistic towards me for my beliefs, I'm going to receive some criticism and we can't get away from criticism, but you don't have to subject yourself all the time to abuse. And we live in a world where everyone is free to voice their opinion as long as it's not Christian. Everybody is free to express what they believe about every social issue as long as you don't have a Christian viewpoint. As soon as you start talking about what your views are well the church should stay out of politics I've come to tell you that God is I'm not present God is everywhere and there is no realm in which God does not belong so whatever God says about the matter is the only thing that matters about the matter you don't have to be obnoxious but don't not have your 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 Christian convictions because you are scared of what other people will think that's why the world is getting so loud and aggressive is because the church is getting quieter and sheepish but at some point in time you got to realize you got to stand on the truth even if it costs you something even if it costs you your friends some people have stood on on biblical principles not even been loud about it but it has cost them their livelihood they have been persecuted for what they believe many people have been intimidated to mentally shut down and not express or proclaim the truth that is in their hearts well why don't you just be more friendly and be more like jesus if you were more friendly everybody loved jesus uh, and and jesus wasn't obnoxious going telling his opinion to everybody really what jesus said got him hung on the cross. What Jesus said, the world did not like. What Jesus said, the world was not comfortable with. Not only can you be persecuted familiarly, not only socially, but economically, that you can lose your job sometimes for what you believe. I'm amazed that every time a pastor comes up interviewed, they pick a couple of certain social issues, and they go straight to those questions. They don't ask them anything else but those questions, and what they're saying is, we're not worried about what you think. We're trying to make you comply, and time after time, I feel bad as many preachers feel the pressure, and they won't directly answer questions. They just, they just trying to go around, and I try to love everybody, and I try to do this. Love does not mean agreement. When you love your children, they want to eat candy all day. You can't agree with that. If you love somebody and they're stuck on drugs, you can't agree with that. You don't have to treat them poorly, but you have to stand with a standard. And it is time for the people of God to stand up and get a backbone. You know why the church is people, people push on the church? One, because they don't like the church and I'm getting ahead of my sermon. But two, at the same time that the church, every time they push, we do this. They push and we do this. God doesn't want coward soldiers. There's got to be a time when the world pushes on the church and the church stands her ground. And says, I'm going to stand on the word of God that I'm going to put on the whole armor of God that I might be able to stand against the weapons of the enemy that I'll put on the helmet of salvation, that I have shoes with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and I'll be girded up with the belt of truth that's holding it all together, that I don't run from truth. and I don't tell you that your truth is truth. I'll say that God's truth is the truth, and let every man be tr- God. and let every man be a liar and God be true. If your truth doesn't line up with the word of God, your truth needs to change. Yes, My opinion does not matter. Your opinion does not matter. We can argue about things and issues till the cows come home. But what matters, what the Republican Party or the Independent Party or the Democratic Party think does not matter. What rich people or poor people or middle class people think doesn't matter. The, what, what the silent generation or Gen Xers or Gen Z thinks or millennials. Doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the truth of the word of God. But many times we go back because it's unsettling to be hated. It's unnerving to face those negative emotions and face disapproval. But Jesus told us through way of Paul in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. They're going to pull it up on the screen. But this is what he said. He said, Indeed. You know what indeed means? Certainly. It's It's not a possibility. It's a guarantee. Read it with me. What does it say? Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ. Jesus will be persecuted it's not a maybe it's a definite (laughs) that if you follow Christ people are going to spit in your face maybe not physically but literally when you follow Christ people are going to turn on you when you follow Christ just know that people will follow you until they realize that your evictions are seated in Christ Jesus and you're going to lose some people and guess what you've got to become okay with that the truth remains that at some place, some point in time, we as Christians will face some sort of persecution, but we can be comforted. You know why? Because we are not persecuted by ourselves. Pull up John chapter 15, verses 18 through 25. We're going to read some of that together, and we'll stop in different places. So you might have to take it off the screen if you're broadcasting it, because I'm going to tell you to stop, but I want you to leave it on the back there guys let's read the first part what does it say if the world hates you know that it has hated me before it hated you stop but we all love jesus we're just not in the church that's a life in the pit of hell If, if the world says they hate jesus they hate what he represents they hate the truth they pick what they like about jesus and throw the rest out but when they learn who the real jesus is they don't like him they don't like him Let's keep going. What verse nine says? These are the words of Jesus, by the way. They're not in red letter on the screen, but they're in red letter probably in your Bible. What does it say? If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Stop trying to get along with the world I'm not saying big obnoxious you have to live peaceably with all men but stop trying to halt between opinions and, and be mealy mouth and mushy about what you believe it's time for you to just say what you believe and guess what some of those people may actually come to Christ if you have enough backbone to tell them the truth that doesn't mean you have to be obnoxious or overbearing that means you have to be firm on the word of God well I believe that that's fine if you're big and bad enough to tell me what you believe I will listen here respectfully and listen to what you have. Have to say, but when we finish, you're gonna listen to the gospel. You're gonna listen to the gospel. That's how respectful dialogue comes. Because if you're so sure what you're saying is the truth, why do you have a problem with hearing what I have to say? Verse 20. This stream might get some persecution. Verse 20. Let's read it. What does it say? Remember that the world that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name. Not because they're mad at you. They're doing it to you because they don't like what he has to say. There are many people that said Jesus didn't ever address this issue and Jesus didn't address that issue. He addressed it, but you don't want to listen to it. Let's sit down and go through the word of God together and see if he addressed it. We don't need to do all that. Why? Because if you open up the Bible, you may see that your opinion doesn't amount to anything. Only the word of God will last. The the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God will last forever. Jesus. Verse 21, because they do not know him who sent me. They think what you're saying is foolish because they do not know God. They are lost and we are to be the light of the world. Let's go to verse 22. Let's read that together. I love to read scripture because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. No better place been the word of God and hear you reading it with me let's go together if you're online read it with me too let's go if I had not come and spoken to them they would have been guilty of sin but now they have no excuse for their sin whoever hates me now stop Did that sound like the Jesus that people preach today that doesn't sound anything these are his words this is Jesus He's saying, if I hadn't come down to earth to die for them, if I hadn't come down to show them a better way, maybe they could plead ignorance. But they can't plead ignorance because I have shown it to them. He has come into the world to show us the truth. But they now will be guilty. Let's go to verse 24 and read it again. Oh, Jesus. Let's go up a little bit further. They went ahead. Let's go back. Verse 22, what does it say? If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Romans 1 says that the invisible things of the world can be plainly seen out there, that they may be without excuse. What does that mean? That you can't go outside and look at nature and not know that there is intelligent design and that there is a God somewhere. And if you don't seek to follow him, you will not get to Jesus. You will not get to God burning sage. You will not get to God with crystals. You will not get to God with incense. You will not get to God trying to follow the universe. You will not get to God trying to follow Mother Nature. Because Mother Nature is subject to follow God. Everything at the bow at the name of Jesus. We have a a generation of people who have become lost. They're trying to be spiritual. Everybody's spirit. You're a spirit housed in a body that possesses a soul. Saying you're spiritual is not anything. You can be spiritual and lost. You can go to hell all body, spirit, and soul. Saying I'm spiritual doesn't get you anywhere. You won't find God in crystals. You won't find him in incense. You won't find him in burning sage. You won't find him in white magic. You won't find him in black magic. All you will find is demonic presence. You can't worship the universe in God too. You can't worship nature and God. You can't worship secular humanism and God. The only thing you can worship, the Bible says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. They don't preach stuff like this because stuff like this makes people. Stuff like this makes people want to hurt you stuff like this makes people want to get in your face who are you to tell me that what i'm doing is wrong who are you to tell me that my business is uh, is wrong who are you to tell me that i'm not going to heaven I, I i look at them and i say like the williams brothers used to say i'm nobody i tell you who i am i'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody But you have to listen and heed his word. Go to verse 23. What does it say? Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have been seen and hated both me and their father. Verse 25, if they have it up there. But the word that is written in their law be fulfilled. They hate me without a because You're not going to follow Jesus and not be hated. He says the servant is not greater than his master. If they didn't care for Jesus, just know they're not going to care for you. I'm not worried about trying to get a load for, for, for Sunday morning. I'm trying to get a load for heaven is my father. The longer I've been... And the longer I do ministry, I realize something that if you're going to preach the word of God, you can try to preach the word of God and be as wise as you can. But guess what? There may be some places that you won't have a lot of followers. There may be Facebook. You might not have a lot of Facebook followers. You might not have a lot of people that follow you on Twitter. If you put up some mess or some controversy, you'll get 10, 15,000 followers. Open up a Bible study and watch what happens. Because the world loves mess. They don't love Jesus, but Jesus loves them. When you choose Christ, you represent Christ, you become a light of Christ, but just know that you will bother others. What does that mean? Have you ever been in a dark room and it's been real dark and you've been walking around in the dark and all of a sudden somebody goes pop and they swap the lights on? What's the first thing you do? Ah! That hurts because my eyes have been conditioned to the darkness. There are many people in the world that are walking around in spiritual darkness. And they've been walking around since they've been born. Some of them have come to the church and left the church and they're walking around in spiritual darkness. And when you show up, Jesus said that you are not just the salt of the earth, but he says you are the light of the world. In other words, that when you come, that people can see me through you and your light shines. So when you come into a dark building, the light comes on and people say,
1: "Oh,
0: oh, oh, I can't stand to have you around. I'll give you a quick example. I won't get into whether or not it's right or wrong to drink. That's not what I'm talking about. But have you ever been in a situation, Brother Day, where you come up to the party and somebody's just doing like this, and all of a sudden you walk up and they... They can't stand. The light. now they may not have been getting drunk. I'm not going in to bother you about your drinking today. That's not what I'm at. We'll get that another, another Sunday. You might get to skip that one. But here, here's the deal they when they're all scantily clad dressed and when they are bumping and grinding and doing everything that they're big and bad enough to do and you stand there guess what they have a problem with that <laughs> never forget i was at a at, at a function and there was a young lady and she was a bit of a jokester and they asked me willie would you come to this party and i said sure i'll come to the party i don't even remember what it was but everybody had had except me just about had had this in their hand. They had bottles, and they had had the bottles and the and the clear stuff. And it was it it had it it was it was brown, brother Dave. It it wasn't coke. They were doing all sorts of stuff, and and the music was going on, and things were going. And I never forget that this girl all of a sudden pushed the button while the radio was playing something that you could grind to, and put on some gospel. And all of a sudden the whole room said, "Hey, what you doing? Wait a minute." <laughs> That ain't the, we can't do that. And you can't and, and, and here's the crazy part. Everybody started to do this and get themselves together. Why? Because they know what the light is. But it hurts their spiritual eyes. It reminds them that we're not good. We are those who should be coming toward him who is good. It makes us uncomfortable. You know how many people will watch us online, but some of them will tell me I'm not coming to church because I can't get up and walk out because it makes me uncomfortable. The church that makes you uncomfortable when they're preaching the word of God is the church that you need to be in. You don't need to be in a church where every Sunday you feel comfortable. As a matter of fact, I pulled a quote from one of my friends he had from a preacher he loved. He said, my job is to comfort the afflicted, but to afflict the comfortable. i put it to you in the Bible way. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. That doesn't mean we show up every day and I beat you over the head. No, sometimes we uplift and we encourage, but sometimes we got to be told the truth. And when we uphold the truth, it's going to make some people uncomfortable. You don't believe me, I got Bible for it. Pull up John chapter three, verse 18 to 21. You know I got Bible for it if I'm gonna say it. John chapter three, verse 18 to 21. What does it say? whoever believes in him is not condemned now stop for a second we li- we need to look at this because we know lo- we know well john three sixteen. for god so loved the world that's what we love for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but that shall have everlasting life we love that that sounds good doesn't it but then it said that god sent his world uh, god sent his son not into the world to condemn the world and that's what we pick up right now at uh, verse 18 let's read it what it say whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe is condemned already you're born condemned you're born separated from God well what if a child dies in birth I let God that out but you've grown so you've had time (laughs) you're born condemned already why what does it say because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God Read that with me one more time. Let's read it like we read it. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Let's say it one more time. I feel that. Let's read it. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. I'm respectful to other people who believe differently than I believe. I don't go beat them over the head, but this is what I believe and this is what I'll stand on. And if you ask me, I will not hide what I believe to get along with you. Amen. Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I came to turn father against son and daughter against mother. God said that when you follow me, you may face persecution because you're going to have to make some tough choices. Well, where do you see that pastor? I'm glad you asked <laughs> because the Bible says this, Look, pull up Luke chapter 14, verse 28. What does it say? Which of you, read it with me. For which of you designed to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? (laughs) Keep going. Verse 29. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish and all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man began to build a building and was not able to finish. What is Jesus saying? Before you follow me, you need to count up the cost. If you get baptized in the water today, before you follow Jesus, you need to count up the cost. Because this is not something you start and stop. 99 and a half won't do. This is something that you continue for the rest of your life. And the cost to follow Christ is high. The journey to walk for Christ is not for the faint of heart. It is challenging. It is not easy to follow Christ. But God did something that was not easy for us. He sent His Son uh, to die for our sins. You will suffer. But this is the promise. First Peter chapter three, verse 14 says this. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. I went all the way to the end media team. First Peter chapter three, verse 14. If you, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But sometimes past I get weary. Sometimes, Pastor, I get lonely. Sometimes I get tired of fighting and, and I'm, I'm not aggressive. I don't bother anybody. I just try to live out my faith and I don't bother anybody about it. But I, I try to live the best way I know. But my faith seems to bother people still because it's not you. You don't have to be aggressive to offend people. The gospel itself is offensive. The Bible says that if the gospel be lost or offensive, is to those who are perishing. They don't want to hear that I need to change what I'm doing. They don't want to hear that I need to change what I'm doing. The gospel is offensive. The gospel bothers some people. The gospel gets in the way to some people. Brother Dave, can you bring me your mic? I might have to cut this one back because I want to finish this last and I want us to hear this. This is, this is something for baptism that we need to know. Because when you are being baptized, you are saying that I am going from death to life. The salvation happens before then. But it says basically that you're going from death to life. That I am dying to my sin. I am dying to the world. I am dying to my old way of life. I am dying to those things. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not I, but Christ in me. And now the life that I do live, oh, Jesus. I live by faith in the Son of God. But this is why we shouldn't worry about persecution. God gives you strength when you get low. Let's read these last two scriptures and we're going into baptism. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. What did it say? It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, he is strong. When you admit that you're weak and you can't do it, God takes up the slack when you realize that it's not your strength that you're following christ in and it never was that it was his all alone God takes up the slack when you realize that no you you can't make it being ostracized on your own those people who died and were burned alive by Nero those people who were thrown in colosseums and eaten by wild beasts They couldn't do it under their own strength. People like Polycop, the Bishop of Smyrna in the first century uh, church, they couldn't be burned at the stake and, and still not recant Christ under their own strength. But they depended on the strength of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. For this sake, that I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. Why? Because persecution produces. Everybody said persecution produces. God wants us to be productive. He put us in a garden and told us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That he has made us to be productive. But what does persecution produce as we get ready today? Pull up Romans chapter 5, verse 2 through 5. What does it say? Romans chapter five, verses two through five, it says what? Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings produce endurance. Keep going. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. No persecution, no production. Hmm not only that we rejoice in our suffering that's why the disciples were running when they were being whipped by Jesus and they were being whipped and told not to name the name of Jesus and after they were whipped they went running and leaping and praising God after they had just been beat within an inch of their life why because they realized that every time you persecute me I'm building up perseverance I'm getting stronger if you ever been to the gym you know this that when you first get on the treadmill you're not going to make it the first time you're probably going to pass out. But what you got to do is you got to keep doing it. And the more you do it, the stronger you're what? get well i don't get on the treadmill because i can't do it that's why you get on the treadmill because you can't do it then you push that's why you lift the weights because you can't lift them and as you begin to lift them and you face resistance you may not be able to go this far today but if you get yourself a little push next time when you come back you'll find out that you're a little stronger than you were the first time that's why i need to come to church every sunday that's why i need to come to bible study that's why i need to be around believers because life keeps pushing against me and I need something like the power of God to help me persevere that although it may seem overwhelming every time I get a little stronger it produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put to shame I wrote this note, God will always keep his promise, hope in Christ is never missed place because god's love has been poured to the hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us when we suffer nothing is lost but jesus says this for he that loves his life will lose it but he who is willing to lose his life for my sake shall find As long as you want to hold on to your opinion, as long as you want to have it your way, as long as you want it to make sense to you on your terms, you will remain in darkness. It is only when you submit to God and say, not my way, but your way. I am not the Lord of my life. You are the Lord of my life. I am not in charge. You are not in charge. My opinion doesn't matter. I work in finance, and I'll tell you this. You know what devalues anything? A multiplicity of it. What does that mean? That low supply means a higher demand, which means that if you flood the market with anything, it becomes cheap and invaluable. The more you have of something, the less valuable it is. Don't you know everybody got an opinion? So what does that say about people's opinions? They're worthless. Well, I'd love to sit around and tell you what I think about the word of God. That's the blind leading the blind. We don't need to know what you think. We need to know what his word says. Thy word is truth. Find a non-offensive way to say that for my baby Christians. If you want to go out and talk about what you learned in service today, don't walk up to somebody and say, you know what you think really doesn't matter at all. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I have to put a disclaimer just in case that we are all at different levels in Christ. But just know that the truth of Christ is what really matters. Somebody clap your hands and give God <laughs> praise. <laughs> we can stand. I'm going to pray. Over you all. And then we're going to, please don't leave. We're going to do the baptism right afterwards. It's going to take us a few minutes to get dressed. That's why we're doing this, it's a lot easier for us. Uh, this way to do it at the end Uh, so we're about to do the baptism It's going to take everybody a second to get dressed and get ready so I'm asking my media team back there uh, just to put on some music and everybody can fellowship for a second don't get too comfortable because we're going to be starting in just a moment and we have two baptisms today we have another one and another service at three and those of you who have been put in place my teams you know what to do uh, and how to get everything ready amen has the word blessed you today I don't know about you, but I'm willing to go all the way. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for what's been spoken, and I pray that this will prick the hearts of men and women, God, to bring us closer to you and give us strength to continue to endure. And Lord God, that when we feel like we're less than or that we're persecuted or we feel like that we're not in the majority and this country may be headed that way, God, that we not just look for affirmation in people, but we can hold on to your truth and believe in you and trust your word. We give you praise and thanks for that. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise.